0: Welcome back to the Stage of History. We're just really interested in in the way you think and how you approach projects, you know? So I checked out the... um, the uh Mean Girls documentary that you did I just thought it was fascinating you know what I mean I, I don't often watch videos that are mm-hmm. on the law lo- on the uh you know longer side you know like YouTube videos at least um especially not ones that have like a person like you know going through talking about I'm like well, who cares but yours was like super interesting <laughs> okay. and like suit like of course like you started with like lost media and and getting into you know Mean Girls and then getting into like actually doing the investigation and showing us the process of your investigation. Mm-hmm. And it was just super well done, super charming. I'm sure you've, you've heard uh, so many good things about it. Um, how did you first hear about Lost Media? How did this yeah. project even really start?
1: Well, like Lost Media content was always like, I don't want to say like a guilty pleasure, but it was always like something Mm. I would turn on and watch in the background. And like, Mm. I don't know, you always get like a cozy vibe when you're watching stuff that's about like mystery or like unsolved cases or trying to find things. So it was kind of like this partially like a a true crime kind of interest. And then like the whole deep dive that people online do into lost media. And then it was also coupled with like the retro nostalgia that I had for stuff. So like, I I don't know if you guys are fans of like Pokemon, but there's like a lot of- Technically lost media for Pokemon, like a lot of the beta sprite designs, and it feels like almost every like three years, there's like new things getting leaked about early Pokemon things. And like I always found that to be fascinating growing up, like, oh, the mysteries of missing no, or this is what Pikachu was supposed to look like. So I think just like all of those interests sort of culminated in me sort of wanting to go into that field and explore lost media myself, because I also had like an interest in filmmaking. So it all kind of just came together.
0: Right. Definitely. Um, What where, like, tell us a little bit about the actual channel, because I mean, your channel is kind of doing a bunch of different things and you're trying out different things and you're I feel like you're always experimenting and you've been you've been at it for a while. Can you tell us what the channel is and what it's intended to be and where you plan to take it, generally speaking?
1: yeah so uh was it maybe i think going on four years now so mm-hmm. like originally the channel was just where i would can i can i swear on here
0: <laughs> of course of course yeah okay. this is your platform
1: <laughs> i would just like <laughs> shit <for> post <laughs> no problem yeah. Yeah. it started off with just me dumping little animations because uh being interested in film, like I also had a big interest in like cartoons and early like Newgrounds cartoons were like everything back then. So I just used to do like little shit post cartoons. And then the more I started to watch people actually taking video game content and using like YouTube to sort of create something out of it, that's what sort of inspired me to like also want to do series. So I made a series about three or four years ago called The Bob Dunga Show, where it was basically it started off as a video game review show. And I feel like as the years went by, I started to like change the direction to make it more like high production because it started off very like comedy based. And then after a while, it turned more into like, OK, I started off doing reviews, but now I want to tackle deep dives and like retro rewinds and just like more focused videos, actually exploring things about video games. And it, it kind of like led to that like whole documentary format.
0: So it was the desire to really go deep into one particular subject or game right
1: yeah 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 that's dope
0: yeah the the channel was really dope and I kind of got the vibe that you maybe were um like a, a Nickelodeon host or something in your past <laughs> life like I feel like you kind of I'm just guessing that you maybe grew up on like 90s Nickelodeon is that oh, yeah. true like
1: a lot of dog a lot of cat dog a lot okay, of Rocco's modern life Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network was like everything
0: wow so I'm, I'm right about that. Okay, cool. So <laughs> you, so you have that kind of host vibe. Like, I feel like you would be like a really good host, but also a really good actor too. Do you, you, do? You, have you like dabbled? I know you've done some like voiceover work and you've like, you know, collaborated with some other YouTubers and, 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 you know, kind of doing, uh, you know, what do they call those where you, you know, special appearances, so to speak. So, yeah. Have you had any uh, professional experience as an actor or anything like that? Do you have an IMDb that I need to look up?
1: <laughs> I do have an IMDb. There's okay. it, it, I should probably update it. Um, okay. There are a few things in the works this year that I can't talk about yet. But in terms of like acting and producing it's I've always kind of like, uh, I don't know, I've swayed from both sides over the years, because while I do like the on air presentations and everything, I've also like, just very drawn to the whole production side of it like if if I was asked to choose I would be the one in the back like writing everything and like creating Mm. it but it's Mm. also very fun to like present it and make things funny for people
0: what's the most fulfilling part of pursuing a, a research project like the ones you've been doing is it the writing or is there another aspect that really makes you feel fulfilled as an artist
1: I think something about, like, when, well, when it comes to the Lost Media videos specifically, the whole act of, like, diving into things and finding stuff, like, I feel like a little LA noir detective, so mm-hmm. yeah. there's, like, a, there's, like, I don't know, it, it feels very, like, like, something I would do in my childhood, so it's just, it's, I don't know, it's a nice feeling to be able to, like, find clues and everything, just, like, glorified blues clues.
0: Yeah. So do you think you'll be doing that more like you'll be doing more lost media you'll be diving into that more like can we anticipate that?
1: Yeah for sure this year um, I'm actually currently working on something it was supposed to come out last year but it turns out like the project itself has become like a lot bigger than I expected and I right. went in with only one source that barely really scratched the surface of what I was looking for, and it somehow snowballed into like five different sources. Mm. So I'm hoping to try to wrap that up so that I can have something to present to like my audience by the end of January. Mm-hmm. And there, there's also, um, I don't know, I, I think I've taken a liking to the whole lost media stuff. And it's definitely something that I want to continue to pursue this year and just like, increase the production value with each new thing.
0: Most definitely, and uh, we're going to be really looking forward to that. I know I'm going to definitely be, you know, there for the premiere. Of that can you tell our audience a little bit about Lost Media? We haven't. This is kind of our formal introduction for our Arcade Press audience into Lost yeah. Media. We we talk about it amongst ourselves, but this is the first time we've had a guest on that that's that's really into that. Can you tell uh, people a little bit about that and why it's so interesting to you?
1: Yeah. So Lost Media is more or less like uh, things that were created by dev teams or Uh, filmmakers or just anything that was supposed to be in the public eye at some point that somehow never made it through. So let's say that a dev team is working on a game and suddenly everything gets pulled and it's canceled. So you'll hear something about it like, oh, this game is coming out in x amount of years and then suddenly it just disappears from public eye and lost media has kind of become like a really popular thing over the years because a lot of people are really curious not just about the games themselves but also the process and production behind them so uh, I typically would like to make more videos about lost media games because I just like have a Mm -hmm. special it's got a little special place in my heart there but I'm also (laughs) open to geek culture as a whole so whether it be lost cartoon pilots that never aired or uh i know that there's uh in the matrix because that movie came out recently uh you guys know alia the artist or alia
0: i'm not familiar i don't think
1: uh she was pretty big in like the mid 90s and she was an R&B artist but she was actually supposed to be Aaliyah you mean the singer Aaliyah yeah, yeah Aaliyah. That's what of I course
0: I, I was like Aaliyah the artist I'm thinking that's the full name I'm like Aaliyah like the singer like rock the boat of course we know Aaliyah, Aaliyah the Aaliyah artist
1: formerly known as Aaliyah yeah yes yeah.
0: yo shout out to Aliyah. of course of course yeah. yo definitely so they have okay keep
1: they've got footage of her in the matrix but after she passed away they gave the role to somebody else so that Niobe, still right? exists. Yes, I believe so, yeah.
0: Okay, cool. Keep going.
1: Yeah, so it's it's like, I mean, obviously, not everyone is dying to see these this lost media, but it really does touch certain fans in those niche audiences. Like, I'm sure a lot of Aaliyah fans would love to see her role in The Matrix, basically. And yeah, that, that's essentially what lost media is. It's things that should have been public, but for some reason or, or, or another ended up being lost to time.
0: Right, so did this footage, this footage exists and you've seen it or it's been seen that Aliyah's in the Matrix?
1: They had le- they actually leaked a screenshot. So a screenshot, ex- <clears throat> sorry, a screenshot exists and she had recorded a few lines and was in some of the, the club scenes, I think in the second Matrix movie, but they ended up replacing her completely and like reshooting.
0: Mm, that's deep.
1: Yeah, yeah I, that's you can find deep. the screenshots online, I think.
0: Yeah, I'm doing a quick um, search. Wow, that is insane. Okay, I know. I'm just trying to process that. I'm a big Matrix fan and I never knew that. And uh, I'm just kind of processing that. It looks like she was going to be in like Zion in the city of yeah. the Real. Like, okay, very it's interesting. Like,
1: what would it have been if that was still there, right? And I mean, it's already very hard to get access to anything, Aaliyah. So it just makes it all more intriguing.
0: Mm hmm oh that's very special okay cool yeah definitely so the lost media thing can you tell also our audience a little bit just briefly about the mean girls project and I have a couple questions about that particular project um, because I think that's one of your more popular pieces yeah and uh, maybe when you talk about that a little bit you can tell us like what was the most fascinating part about that investigation because what was astounding to me was that I'd say, okay, cool. I'm into Lost Media. And then you were going into this game. It's like, okay, this is kind of weird that this is like even a thing that, that, that a game could be advertised and promoted, but like no one's ever seen it or, you know, people think that they've seen it, but they hadn't really or whatever. And like the fact that, you know, just the whole thing and you were like, okay, I think, you know, I felt like I was at a dead end or that was all there was to, to know. And then you got in touch with more information. You got in touch with more people and you got more insights into the game. I just thought it was, it was really, really incredible. So what about for you, first the project, and then what about for you was the most fascinating, the most enlightening? Yeah,
1: so like the crazy thing about that is that, I mean, the game was announced like, I, I believe 2007, 2008, and it's always had like this weird Mandela effect with audiences where- It's because like the cover art is so iconic. It's literally the Mean Girls poster. So I think that's where a lot of people would say like, oh, I think I saw that at GameStop or EB Games or or I think I saw that here just because like the art itself, it was a very well-known image that was used for it. And it caused like a lot of people to think they saw it in places where it actually wasn't. Um, It was fascinating because at the time, a lot of people just kind of laughed at it and, you know, passed it off as shovelware because back then when it came to like female oriented games they didn't really put a lot of effort especially if it was shovelware so if it was for a demographic that was like I don't know four to 12 years old there wouldn't be that much thought put into it for DS games so Mm -hmm. somehow I I don't really know what was the tipping point for it it could have been like because in, in the movie mean girls then there's like a few uh notorious quotes like, oh, it's October 3rd. And I think somewhere around like the anniversary for the Mean Girls movie, someone was probably just like, hey, whatever happened to that game? and ever since then people have been speculating they've they've say oh they've say that they've seen it in places where it didn't exist and then it just became more of a meme and something that people wanted to look for and then it just kind of blew up from there so that's how it became notorious it, it wasn't exactly a game that people necessarily wanted to play but it became like kind of a cult icon like the movie itself yeah yeah um, and then i guess like from there because for for my content on my channel before I started to do the documentaries, it was a lot of like retro rewinds where I would talk about older video games that I liked but I also had a tendency to talk about like girly games because (laughs) I know that there's an audience there's a group of like people out there who have played those games growing up and it's just funny to look back at that stuff and laugh like I talked about uh old barbie games old Bratz games old diva star games <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah there was just like a little niche there and then i remember i also covered like the nude raider scandal where there was that glitch about Lara croft so because i already di- dove into a lot of female oriented games i thought that maybe investigating mean girls would be a good starting point for the series that i wanted to work on
0: yeah that's really fascinating like what do you think about games that are you know, designed for girls or designed for women. Like, do you think that, like, what's your general opinion on that now that you've been able to play so many of them Mm -hmm. and kind of explore them? Is there um, still a market for that? Do you think, because, you know, we don't often see like in AAA games, games that are, at least I don't see games that are geared towards women, but it seems like that could be a, a, a profitable market. I mean, you know, there's still, you know, there's Nintendo switch, you know, what do you think about that?
1: I honestly feel like it's a lot better when it comes to representation because I I've, I've found that a lot of the AAA games for like PlayStation 4 onwards, there's a lot more female protagonists like Horizon mm. Zero Dawn. Like there's been That's so weird. many games that have come out recently where there's a female protagonist, but it's not so female centric that it like discourages other people from getting into it, if that makes sense. Like it's very inclusive in that way where it doesn't feel like, you know, it, it's... Solely feminine energy. I don't know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it's just nice to see that 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 can be integrated into like action platformers and just like heavier subject matter and like I don't know, uh, less feminine genres. I, I like the blending of the two because like obviously girls Gender aren't just restricted to Barbie games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I f- yeah. I feel like yeah.
0: Go ahead. No, you feel like what?
1: Oh, I, I was gonna say I feel like the the more girly games. I feel typically are actually games for kids right so mm-hmm. I think in terms of the market maybe like devs weren't really looking in the right spot because obviously like I don't know I, I wouldn't consider like a Barbie or Diva Stars game to be like totally popping off you know what I mean
0: right yeah <laughs> it'd be like the most like pushing the technology right
1: Yeah, but then there's games like Horizon Zero Dawn or uh, Mirror's Edge or Life is Strange where it it does have a female protagonist and it more caters to like a more mature audience without it feeling like too hammy or like it it just, I think they got the formula down now. I think it was just before they didn't really know what demographic of people were playing games.
0: Right. Do you have a favorite of these female protagonist games or or games that, that have female leads?
1: yeah um you know to be honest i i really like the life is strange games even though it's not very action-based but i also like the um the early tomb raider games (laughs) like i I know some people have like their feelings on that but i like i did a video essay talking about how the sexualization of laura croft wasn't really present in the game and was more just like a marketing strategy so for me as someone who actually played the tomb raider games I liked them.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't, I mean, as a kid playing those games, you know, I never thought that Lara Croft was being like sexualized or anything like that. That's kind of like, you know, the guys impose that, yeah. uh, you know, on the character, or like you said, it was later used in marketing, you know? So yeah, because she she
1: was an attractive character, but I never found them like dehumanizing her because she was always a badass in the games. It was only right. like the advertising for people who didn't really game or were curious about it.
0: Right. And she's not encountering a lot of, like, human subjects. A lot. You know, she's literally in tombs and finding keys and swimming. Yeah. Like, she's by herself in a lot of those early games. So, you know, it, it's literally just, you know, liminal spaces in, in Laura Croft, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. I really, uh, that's really very, very interesting. So were you playing a lot of games growing up?
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had, okay, like, a cool. PlayStation, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, and all the classics. Except for N64. I never grew up with that.
0: Yeah, I didn't have that one either. I did the PS1 and SNES. Did you have like a favorite, like console, favorite game, like one that you feel like is just, like, top of the line or maybe a couple that are just, like, the best games?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, when I got the PlayStation 1, like, the demo disc was, like, a holy grail to, like, introduce me to new games. So yeah. my favorite at the time was Crash Bandicoot, Spyro, and also Brave Fencer Musashi, which is, like, kind of a lesser-known Squaresoft title before they became Square Enix. Yeah,
0: that's a fire joint. That's a fire track. I mean, the fire CD, like, that game, Um, they had that on the demo disc, right? yeah. Yeah, that's how I played it too. That game was crazy, and you fight the boss, the like this the metal guy. Do you, is that the the part of the demo that you had? It, 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 it like puts you in a boss yeah, and you play a couple you, of you levels, fight and then you fight Rutrick's,
1: uh his like metal henchman. He's really scary that's looking. Exactly
0: it yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that game was dope. That's like a cool RPG game, Brave friend. Yeah, and Musashi's like a historical character too, so you learn a little bit. You know what I mean? Not really, but kinda. You know what I mean about um, <laughs>
1: Yeah, it gets you, you interested. Know,
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you said Spyro, and then what was the other game?
1: Crash Bandicoot.
0: Oh, of course. Of course. Which one? Which one's your favorite?
1: Crash 2 is the best one. The music is the best. Like, I know a lot of people say Crash 3 is better, but I just feel like Crash 2 is like this perfect balance. I don't know.
0: 2 is really good. They had the aesthetic down, like, perfect on 2. Yeah. yeah i really enjoy it. i like three slightly more because it has the time trials in it you know where you can get the like running shoes and that's just super fun to do yeah the, yeah uh, the levels fast but i did play the the later the later uh crash bandicoot one the one uh, i don't know what it's called not um yeah about time i wasn't i'm not feeling that one as much yeah it's good you know
1: what when i first played it i wasn't feeling it either and i feel like I had, like, such deep nostalgia glasses on. Like, I'm sure everybody has their different feelings about it. But I think the more I got to play it, the more I was, like, oh, like, okay, it's updated. And it has, like, a lot more features for people who are looking for that replay value. I think that's why I didn't, like, connect with it initially. Because anything that, like, starts off as fun and then goes more competitive, usually I have a little bit, I'm a little bit cautious with Right. But I did overall enjoy it. I thought it was great.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is good. It's, it's, um. It's cool that there's a new Crash Bandicoot game. You know, there's a Crash 4, a proper Crash Bandicoot 4. Yeah. But, it, you know, the second and third ones, I think I think they're still so good. Like, if you had a PS1 and we turned it on, like, I would still be into it to this day. Oh, yeah. Like it's like still speed run really fun. Speedrun the whole
1: thing from start to finish. It's still yeah, it's so, so much, much fun. fun.
0: Yeah, it really <laughs> is. Did you ever get into arcade gaming as a kid?
1: I did. Um, I really like Namco games, like Bust and Move, uh, sure. Mappy. Mappy's great
0: yeah mappy's Mappy's like one of my (laughs) favorite mappy's like legendary what do you know about mappy
1: yeah it's fantastic that's like super old (laughs) school
0: yeah so you played on mappy on arcade cabinet
1: um no i i would play on my dad's computer because like he he was a a computer engineer so i would always get like the new cds like putt putt and stuff (laughs) so it'd be like a lot of computer gaming and then also console stuff
0: okay dope so did you did you ever have like arcades near at the neighborhood mall or anything like that or the movie we theater did, that you could go by or were they were I, were they kind of like moving out by the time we, we had
1: were? we had the ones at the movie theater. At the movie theater they had a bus to move cabinet. I remember that one because I was Whoa. like, what's this anime looking game? Like it just looked so cool. But as I got older, like I, I was a ninety-two baby. So by the time like I was old enough to really like engage and play in that stuff, they were like switching it out for other things.
0: Wow. A bust to move cabinet that sounds insane. It was sick. There's so much like lost media in like cabinets and cabinet art and stuff like that with arcades because, you know, they are that physical things. And once those physical things go away, you know, people aren't keeping track of them. It's kind of hard to see where they go, you know?
1: Everybody kind of, oh, sorry. (laughs) No, no, no. Go, go,
0: go. go. No, do your thing. Yeah. I I was
1: going to say, everybody kind of expects that because we're in the digital age that everything has a digital footprint. So, it's so easy for physical lost media to just get overlooked and lost completely because it's, it's hard to, like, you know, record that stuff, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, do you have any, like, special memories from the 90s, uh, you know, going out in, in places? Because we, we've talked about um, on our show a little bit about abandoned malls. It's like a very fascinating aspect about you know, nostalgia and it's kind of like early liminal spaces. Like it kind of is the intersection between all these ideas with abandoned malls, you get like gaming, you get like utopian aesthetics, you get a vaporwave, you get a little yeah. bit, you get liminal spaces. It's like mm. the mall is just like the grail in my opinion. So I was just curious, like, do you have any uh, memories uh, of going to malls or any special places in the nineties? Like they were just, you know, the places in the nineties just had a weird vibe to them. It um, did. there's
1: there's one um there's actually a few but the one that i'm thinking of specifically it still looks the way it looks because i don't know i think the the stuff is too high for them to remodel but it literally looks like inside of the mall there's there's a movie theater and the movie theater is old as sin like it's (laughs) it's like (laughs) when they they haven't remodeled it in forever but it still has like the pizza planet looking floor like you know what i mean there's like asteroids on the carpet
0: yeah and the ceiling has like
1: these gigantic uh, – that movie Small Soldiers, you know the characters? Yeah. They have these giant Small Soldiers figures. The, the little green ones, right? Yeah, like the, the the Turbo character and then the bad guys, they're all hoisted onto the ceiling. Like, they're massive, and they're just collecting dust up there. But that movie theater looks like it's trapped in the 90s. Damn. That's
0: yeah, do you have photos of that? Or can uh, we get no, photos?
1: I, I could probably – there's probably photos online. Let me see if I can find – Oh no okay so they don't have a picture of the ceiling but it's it's called Scarborough Town Center and it's like a giant mall but there's also a movie theater inside of it oh okay no there's actually a picture here here
0: oh shit this looks legendary Scarborough Arcade is what I typed in I don't know if that's the one but it looks crazy
1: the small soldiers on the ceiling—they don't have a picture of it for some reason, but they're there. I start—I could like go in a week or something and take a picture.
0: Yeah, that would be that would be really dope. But yeah, we'll definitely add some photos um, of this in there. Yeah, it looks dope. Yeah, that's crazy.
1: Yeah, I don't know why they haven't updated it because usually they tend to do that with their theaters. But I'm kind of glad that they didn't because it's like a very nice timepiece.
0: Yeah. It's dope. Do you have um, any predictions about the future of media and the way that we're consuming media? Because, you know, obviously, you know, the, like, I just think it's so fascinating that this period of time we are, you know, interested in lost media. We're interested in the 90s and the 80s and finding these pieces of content that, that got lost and Will that change, you know? Will we do the same in the future for the films that are coming out now? I'm just kind of curious of your general idea of the way media is being consumed and shared. uh, And Like we have the Wayback Machine, that's a super useful tool, you know? Like where are we going with with media? Uh, People are not going out as much anymore. They're not in Mm -hmm. public as much anymore. Like these things, like public arcades in America are basically gone, you know, in a big way
1: yeah yeah there's uh, a
0: lot and I, mean, I know you're in canada but you know it's 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 probably more so in canada you know what i mean like even yeah. more locked down in, so, in some cases oh yeah so, we
1: just went back into like stage two so we're um yeah they're no turned up out here. there
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah no gyms are open like yeah i, I, I follow the news I'm, I'm i'm watching canada yeah i'm watching i'm seeing the stuff that that's going on in the world so yeah it's it seems very intense and i'm, I'm just curious to like um how are you juggling this kind of work that you're doing and the realities of of the time
1: yeah i i well oh boy in terms of like juggling i think if anything it's drawn me more into the realms of last media because there's less time like you can't really be outside right now so the whole investigative process when it comes to digital lost media can just solely be done online through way back machines through reaching out to people, and it actually makes my odds a little bit better because some people, you know, uh, not doing as much work as, as they could before because of lockdowns just so many restrictions is leaving a lot of people to their own devices online so sometimes mm-hmm. it can be easier to find people if anything right. right. Um, yeah, in terms of like where the internet is going and media, I could have like a full-on eight-hour discussion about that because I feel like Go for one year you'll think it's going in one direction and then one little thing can happen and it just everything switches over it's on its head. Um, I think that even though we're, we're getting into like a generation that consumes more media, saves more media, there's better ways to archive things. I think there's always going to be like a strong fascination with the lost because there's so much unknown about it and there's so many unanswered questions about things that have trouble being found so uh, people love exploring and i think that that's not really something that's going to go away
0: right do you think that like the way that let's just say for example like um in cryptocurrency and, and things like that are, are making people want to own parts of the internet or use it to Web3, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but like Web3 is the thing that people are talking about where people can have more ownership of the media, so to speak. Do you think that that is going to affect access to certain things or how, how does lost media look like in the, in the ecosystem of a, of a Web3, if that's going to happen, you know, and Uh,
1: virtual reality
0: and the metaverse, like what, how does that play into it? I mean, I know these are hard, these are kind of like way into the future but i'm curious to like these are things that i'm sure you've thought about to some degree oh yeah
1: because i i feel like there's already uh i don't remember the name of the cartoon uh but there's already like a tv show that's come up where it's like okay if you um i don't know how, how i don't know how to describe it uh It's like a cryptocurrency show almost so Mm. if you invest in the show sorry my like whole crypto lingo is a little bit weird but like no if if you're like a patron of it then you're in control of like the episodes that come out or it's not crypto it's nft yeah it's an nft show so if you pay for the nft you can you have exclusive rights to like watch the new episodes And you can also change the course of where the episodes go. So that's like great for the NFT user who purchased it. But that could also very well become lost media in itself. Like I'm sure you've heard of like uh, multi-channel networks that like own other YouTube channels. And then when they go under, a lot of stuff gets lost and buried. So I kind of see it in the same way where it's like you could invest in a bunch of NFTs for like a TV show or like, like music. And then something happens at the company and it's completely inaccessible.
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's something that I'm definitely I've been thinking about a lot is like, you know, because we were actually talking about earlier in a conversation that we were having about how, like, the concept seems kind of cool, but people are going to get ripped off because ultimately they won't have control over. They still won't have the control that's being yeah, advertised. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and how these things are preserved is going to be very tricky. Hmm. Yeah,
1: like it, does, it does give. Uh, creators more freedom in that sense but there's still like an invisible cap that we're not really thinking about in the long term
0: yeah one of those things is internet access itself oh yeah like not everyone has access to the internet it's very very troubling what uh movies have you seen lately anything good
1: um what was something i've watched recently i've been watching like a few different things um what was that Okay, I've been watching Squid Game, but I think everybody's seen that. I haven't actually Game. seen it. Is it good? No, okay. I won't say anything, but watch <laughs> the subtitled version. Don't watch the dub.
0: Okay, for sure. Yeah, I've heard yeah. about that. I've heard that the um yeah. the sub version is not very good.
1: I don't know if it was like a joke or something, but the sub is just like very weird voices. Yeah, just you're better off watching the dub. I mean, the uh, sub. The dub, yeah, I m- mixed
0: it up. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> So, but Squid movies, Games,
0: what? Yeah, Matrix Four, anything like that?
1: Uh, I wanted to watch Matrix Four and I wanted to watch Spider Man, but just as I was going to, the theaters closed. Word. So I don't oh, know yeah. if they're going to do something where they make it available, like on Netflix or something. But last movie I watched, I think it was Hereditary or Parasite, one of those movies.
0: Thoughts on Marshall McLuhan? You know he's Canadian.
1: Marshall McLuhan
0: yeah he uh medium is the medium is the massage medium is the message medium is the message
1: yeah Yeah. okay yeah Yeah. I definitely remember that quote I just forgot his name
0: yeah 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 he's kind of a he's kind of unsung hero of the um of uh you know media like he kind of talked about how like media was like um like the way that you the, the platform or the medium that you view media on is really more important than the message itself yeah um but he's from Canada. So maybe in the future we can talk a little bit about him because <laughs> yeah. it's just cool to kind of connect the dots, you know, like um, can- Canadians, you know, he was kind of one of the first to really yeah. pioneer like media studies.
1: I do and feel like you're kind of doing him. that too. Yeah, like in my media studies courses, then they mm-hmm. did always talk about the medium is the message and like what he was getting at. But it's so weird because I took those courses in like 2000. 2000- 2010 or something like that yeah so it's completely changed and I wonder how they use his quotes to sort of like illustrate the landscape of the internet today like TikTok and other platforms like that
0: yeah there's a lot of videos uh, on YouTube that are like Marshall McLuhan predicts the internet in like 1967 (laughs) or whatever and uh, he's really dope like uh, definitely check out some of his stuff on, on like if you're into what you're into as I know you are like it's just gonna heighten you know, the intensity in which you do things, because it's just yeah. so insane that this guy was just like, oh, yeah, you know, this is what the Internet's going to look like. And here's why it's going to work. Like, it's just crazy that he basically predicted everything. I don't know what what he was on, but, you know, must be something in the water in Canada. You know what I mean? He must like, have come crazy.
1: out of a time machine. I don't know. Yeah,
0: seriously. Like, it, it's really, really cool. Yeah. So can you give us a little hint about maybe one of the new documentaries or new big projects that you're working on or new lost medias, maybe just a general area that you are really been interested in lately
1: yeah okay well it's kind of a video game but more so in the realms of cartoons I'd say and mm. it's about a superhero that's that's what I could say about it
0: mm. that sounds dope I don't know if you saw a show that was like it was a lost media show <laughs> it, or it's a show that was lost but it they had a pilot and it was like online have you ever started it was like a It's like a, it was a web show in like the early 2000s. And the guy who made it, they said he died in like Brazil, but he might have faked his death to get away from owing Uh all these people all this money. I heard about that. Did you see that? that? I I saw it on Blame It On George. I was like, yo, this shit is crazy. It's kind of like that NFT show thing that you were kind of talking about, how that got lost. Yeah
1: and everyone connected to the pilot they didn't really have good things to say because i guess like it just wasn't a very good filming experience so that's what made it yeah. even harder for them to figure out what happened to the show and what happened to the guy do you think he's still alive i kind of i, I don't know <laughs> i
0: have no idea i could I could see like, that yeah he's ch-
1: changing his own wikipedia page or something like that oh i forgot about that
0: part yeah, yeah. i could see he he could be he could still be he could still be alive but but see that's so that's so crazy to me like that level of like commitment to just being to disappearing like it's so it's so out of this world it's like you know someone doing a very horrible crime it's like could he have killed all those people and i'm like damn that just seems so crazy why would he do that you know exactly. what i mean like it's, it's a and very I watched,
1: extreme
0: yeah it's just so intense and i i don't know like i'm just like I, i'm concerned about people who take things to that level of intensity because i'm already yeah. intense just about the stuff that i'm passionate about but then like somebody just like vanishing from the face of the earth faking their death getting like, that website to report it like and then doing this weird show but you all like it's too much way yeah. too much drama my life i want it to be simple you know what i mean exactly. it's crazy I just want to
1: go play some games and just, yeah like, chill keep out. it chill yeah <laughs>
0: But what else are you into? I mean, so you, you obviously are into gaming, you're into studying media, you're into writing, you're into film. Are there other things yeah. that you're into that you haven't really got to explore on the channel? Uh, do you sing? Are you a cook? Do you like read, f- Not you know, science fiction? Like what's what are other things that you're really into?
1: Yeah, um, I'm really big into, I, I feel like this medium doesn't, like it, it exists online, but it's few and far between just because of like the, the method I'm really really big into like stop motion animation so Tim Burton mm. Henry Selleck's Nightmare Before Christmas Coraline um Frank and Weenie. like just I'm I, I love that that whole like being able to bring something to life just through still images except it's like little puppets I love puppet stuff
0: <laughs> yeah that's very interesting do you like Wallace yeah. and Gromit
1: well yes I love Wallace and Gromit that's like um, that's
0: like top tier claymation yeah.
1: <laughs> gave me a newfound appreciation for cheese and everything yeah oh yeah there's also and, um yeah. that show Brats of the Lost Nebula that it's not stop motion but it is puppeteering so um Jim Henson puppets any kind of show like that I just I love it I, I don't really see a lot of people reviewing those shows but I think it's so fascinating and just like an interesting way of storytelling that isn't it shouldn't just be like delegated to little kids stuff you know mm-hmm. I, I think it, it also has its own purpose in more adult shows like the yeah. dark crystal for example
0: yeah the dark crystal dope too i watched yeah. that a lot growing up as a kid this is a kind of a, a, a offshoot question related to kind of related to dark crystal did you ever watch um uh warriors of virtue about giant kangaroos that know kung fu
1: what? that sounds yeah. the warriors of virtue sounds familiar would, but i don't know you, if with the kung fu
0: yeah you would find you would find it interesting it's like a 97 1997 like giant kangaroos like they're all like kind of like ninja turtles vibe but it's like five kangaroos and each of the kangaroos have different abilities and they like live in like a different dimension and uh, yeah. it's like real people in like these like i think mostly animatronic oh. sort of suits
1: I've seen this. Okay, I love this style. Like this is like remember the live yeah, action that's what I'm saying, Turtles. Yeah. It's like yeah, a kind I'm... of like gritty, dusty like puppeteer. yeah, dusty New know. York,
0: giant yeah. rats, all that. Yeah, yeah, hideous <laughs> so puppet type creatures. You know, you should do an, uh, a YouTube video about like just covering obscure, not even lost, just obscure that that aesthetic that puppet yeah person in a animal suit.
1: I would love like to thing. like this. It's- Something about it, like you don't really see people replicating that today. Like I think the most recent example was the Dark Crystal, but it still didn't have that like almost 80s fantasy look, you know, Mm. there's like where it's like smoke everywhere and like cobwebs. I love that aesthetic. I love
0: that too. Yeah, the smoke, the smoke is the key you got to yeah. have the smoke the fog machine's got to be on like <laughs> high powered. yeah that this movie has all of that you know it has a lot of smoke and and um the it's got some martial arts in there and it's just super fantasy I, yeah dark crystal really probably started all of that i'm guessing like dark crystal probably was the movie that likes and what's uh what's the movie with the giant not land before time but like the where he's like riding on the giant oh never <laughs> any story like, yeah that is like the same type of like Like,
1: those are like the benchmarks for examples that people could use to do their own because even in shows like power rangers when they would show like the villains even their little caves had that same aesthetic to it
0: yeah yeah there's there's actually this
1: show called the storyteller that was also produced by jim henson and it has like a lot of puppets in it and it has that similar look
0: what happened to puppets are they still doing that is that like a thing that's like that's such a good that's such a good like yeah. product like the puppets
1: I think it comes down to like it's the same issue with stop motion it's i I think it's actually better for stop motion now because whereas before it was like you would have to switch out the expressions on each puppet they've come up with like almost animatronic puppets so they can move yeah. the face by pressing buttons and then just take a picture each time instead of having to go in and move it themselves but when it comes to like bigger puppets like like warriors of virtue or or uh dark crystal apparently those are very expensive and that's why they ended up canceling season two for the dark crystal spinoff that they were doing damn
0: yeah the storyteller looks insane like this yeah. looks like you next level i've never got, like, watched it before dusty look <laughs> yeah and just creepy like um um the like uh pan's labyrinth type of thing is what i'm getting yeah. from it. you know i love that
1: I feel like maybe Guillermo del Toro probably grew up watching a lot of these things as well when he did Pan's Labyrinth.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Wow.
1: Yeah.
0: I got a lot of stuff to look up. You got to like make us like a, a, a playlist or like a oh, collection yeah. Of, yeah, <laughs> of some <laughs> stuff can, like, just because you know a lot of like really obscure stuff and yeah. you should share more of it. You know, I know that you obviously you're more doing these like deeper longer investigative projects and that's great but like i also think you have like really good insight and a very unique experience and taste so you could like you should definitely share like hey i'm watching these five things or ten things maybe you do on twitter or something i've actually
1: been trying to incorporate like this whole like I don't know what to call it but like the puppet aesthetic I've been trying to uh, incorporate the look of it in future lost media videos in terms of like wow. like the color correcting and like what the live action bits look like yeah because I just I like it so much I'm like I want to experiment and see how it would look in more of like a documentary kind of thing because it gives Where, like a cozy vibe right
0: yeah it does and just reference it like putting, putting little clips and little jokes or whatever like to tie it in you'd be probably surprised people in the comments would be like oh i watch this show all the time or watch that movie all the time growing up you know (laughs) um i'm curious it's kind of related because it's dusty and foggy but it's not puppets (laughs) have you listened to the new uh weekend album
1: no but i saw a screenshot on twitter and it made me want to watch it it's dope the image alone and i think jim carrie's in it
0: how yeah it's dope it's dope i think if you like like pop music I think you you'd like this this album it's really yeah. like he's he's got like you know he's got he's old on the cover so he's got like the you know the face you know and he's
1: a it's really intense kind of look- yeah
0: yeah, yeah kind of like darky dark edgy look which by the way Michael Jackson did that in uh, Ghost when he did the, yeah. like his thriller <laughs> reboot where he was like the skeleton like that is an insane video oh, like that's I remember true. watching and that thriller kind
1: of has that look too in some yeah. ways right yeah it does yeah. it
0: really does yeah that's dope um yeah I mean Kai do you have any questions I've been talking a lot just going <laughs> back and forth I didn't know if you had any uh like maybe thoughts questions or maybe we're covering just about everything, I feel.
1: Nah, I think you guys covered a lot, you know, just listening. Uh nah, I think, think you guys been on track for the most part, for sure. Cool.
0: Yeah. Um it went full maybe <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about a lot of a lot of different stuff. I'm like looking at just a couple of the pics. Like I got the Aaliyah stuff up. I'm about to be sharing that on Twitter in a minute. <laughs> like that Aaliyah matrix shit is mind-blowing. And then I got yeah, like some cool. of the the scarborough town center like food court photos and stuff like that and like it just looks so trippy and like i'm kind of really really inspired right now to kind of just share these really really insanely beautiful images um yeah go for it it's- yeah yeah thanks for like sharing and like really like for real like send us a couple links to things that we need to check out and uh yeah. i guess at the end of the month we can we can hope for a new mini documentary for me right
1: yes i have my fingers crossed because the last thing that really has to be tackled is setting up a final interview with like two of the last sources and then once i have that i could like make it look cinematic and then wrap it up so i'm hoping to have that done like right before the end of the month
0: okay dope yeah Yeah. and um kai is a super incredible sick video editor so I'm not I'm not pushing him on you to do work but I'm just saying you never know if you need some extra hands on some stuff or whatever uh he's definitely uh, somebody yeah, to, know, man. to look out to yeah and what we'll probably do is we'll take this conversation and we'll turn it into a video based on kind of the references and stuff that we talked about and uh, yeah. we'll share it with you of course and, and let everybody know and and yeah that's that'd be it that's
1: awesome cool
0: yeah. yeah thank you so much for your time like for real no really appreciate this is it.
1: this was a lot of fun I, I don't usually get to talk about this kind of stuff with people so I, this was really refreshing
0: yeah yeah it's still we haven't got a chance to talk about lost media at all yet and we've mostly been digging into like fighting games and arcade games and uh like some pro players and stuff so now that we get a chance to kind of still talk about games but kind of talk about the media and aesthetic around games that yeah. is definitely something we're into one last question uh are you into any other sort of like uh internet subcultures because our Ar- Ar- arcade press is a little bit about internet subculture so we know mm-hmm. that you're in the lost media do you like vaporwave or the liminal spaces stuff or some of the other sort of quote aesthetic stuff that's out there things that we should be oh, yeah. looking into things we may not be familiar with
1: i really do love uh vaporwave stuff uh even like when it comes to the music <laughs> like i know it's literally the same song but just like
0: <laughs> slow, <pitch> down. Down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, slow down slow yeah. down and
1: pitch down but something i don't know it like it takes you to another world when you put the headphones in i don't know it's it's cool it's cool
0: oh yeah we i listen to a lot of vaporwave so i, yeah. I definitely like a lot of the music there i'll send you an album or two and uh, you can send us some um
1: yeah
0: some some stuff that we need to check out
1: yeah i can send you vaporwave or even like artists like gunship have you guys heard of them before
0: i've heard of gunship but i've never mm. I, I can't tell you anything but what about you kai you know about it not nah, it, it's came across it sounds familiar uh, though yeah 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 school yeah. us you gotta you gotta teach us you guys will
1: like it because like they'll take their music and then uh have like the backdrop will be stuff from the eight like the things that we were sharing just now they would use that in their music videos so
0: word okay yeah let's do it <laughs> cool <laughs> sounds good do you use arena na? it's a really cool website for like just finding stuff um, i'll send you it but but okay. basically yeah but basically it's just like a website where you have channels like they're not like video channels but just like media channels so any mm-hmm. media that you have you can put it in these like different categories but it's a social media platform so other people have their categories and of course the way the the platform is designed very minimally it kind of like encourages people to put really obscure stuff so you can kind of like yeah. curate your own aesthetics there's like a y2k institute on i Arena. love
1: the y2k <laughs>
0: yo they do that they're on they're on r.no they have like like 50 dozens like of of subcategories for y2k aesthetics wow. and it's all on r.no yeah and it's fucking incredible like shit you just wouldn't even think of you're like i've seen that before but i never knew it had a name and then they they've named it so yeah just uh yeah we'll, we'll send you a couple of things yeah, yeah
1: i'd totally be interested in looking at that like Y2K aesthetic is like really cool because it's like the future envisioned from the perspective of people from the late 90s and it's just like a lot of um it's it's like a lot of like very clean, sterile looking metallic yeah, translucent things, metallic. It's it's interesting.
0: Yeah, like a uh, Janet Jackson, Buster Rhymes. <laughs> yeah. Like that That's video. That's
1: my favorite. I, I love the, video. the RB videos yeah. where it's like, is it a Y2K video or were they all abducted by aliens?
0: <laughs> right, right. Y2K was basically the year that aliens and AI was going to take over.
1: Yeah. yeah. Transcending history and the world, a tale of soul and swords eternally retold.